0: Yeah, I was tempted to just let this thing play for a few seconds because this jam is straight fire. I love, love that beat, man. What's up, everybody? This is James Jenkins. I am your host for the Agency Freedom Podcast, where we take our listeners from captive to indie to market domination. Real quick, because I know I'm going to get the question. All of our music content comes from Epidemic Sound. Epidemic Sound. If you uh, visit them at epidemicsound.com, if you're a content creator, uh, I will put a link in the episode notes uh, for how to reach Epidemic Sound. And you can check it out if you'd like. So as we get started with episode 11, uh, we are going to hear an interview I did a few days ago with my friend and colleague Joe Campert with the Redwood Agency Group. He's also the founder of the Facebook group called the Insurance Syndicate. Unlike uh, IAOA, which I am a huge fan of, IAOA is a very, very high percentage of uh, uh, PNC agents and it is agency owners only the insurance syndicate if you are not an agency owner or if you find yourself uh, outside of the pnc side of insurance if you're doing life health benefits uh, medicare uh, anything other than majority pnc i think you'll find a lot of good content in the insurance syndicate so go check it out if that's your cup of tea Uh, I think there's a lot of good content there. Joe does a good job uh, moderating that one. So here we go. As we get into this episode, uh, I wanted to do a quick housekeeping item to remind you to uh, let us know about who deserves to get these two scholarships for IAOA's Innovation 2021 conference in Tampa, Florida in November, November 4th through the 6th. Our podcast is uh, hosting, I should say, giving scholarship to two uh, individuals who find themselves to be in need, uh, financial need, I should say. For whatever reason, they are not able to uh, attend uh, of their own uh, you know, volition, uh, make their own way, I should say. So, uh, Go ahead and drop us an email at podcast I'd love to find out who wants to go. But can't quite swing the full cost uh, we will pick up the the ticket it's a 599 ninety nine dollar value and we will uh, help with that portion of it you're still going to have travel and accommodations um, but we are uh, doing 599 scholarship for two lucky people so go ahead and hit us up in the email podcast at riskwell.com if you or someone you know needs to receive that scholarship and we will uh, connect with that person and and start that conversation. So, as always, same three requests I have. Subscribe, leave a review, and please share Agency Freedom Podcast with someone in the captive world who needs to hear what we are putting out because this is 100% free of charge. So, go ahead and roll that bumper, and we'll get into the interview with Joe Campert of Redwood Agency Group in Austin, Texas. Thanks so much for supporting us, as always. There are two kinds of people in the insurance industry, those who are captive and those who are free. This is the Agency Freedom Podcast. There is so much I wish I would have known before I made the freedom jump to the independent side. I mean, even now, I feel like I'm learning something new every single month. We're all about helping insurance agency owners and sales professionals reach your maximum potential and flex your freedom my team and I replaced six years of captive agency revenue in 17 months with Riskwell. 17 months man it's crazy this show is where I share our successes our failures and what I've learned along the way we lay out a blueprint of how to make your freedom jump from captive to indie to market domination I'm bringing you colleagues from markets across the country with dozens of different specialties. They're eager to share their stories and best practices with you. I'm your host, James Jenkins. Welcome to Agency Freedom Podcast. Let's go. Hey folks, welcome to episode, what is this, 11? Yeah, episode 11 of the Agency Freedom Podcast. I'm your host, James Jenkins. We are all about taking our listeners from captive to indie to market domination. And I want to welcome my guest for this episode, the indomitable Joe Frazier (laughs) Campert with the Redwood Agency Group. Is that, did I say it right?
1: You did, correct.
0: Redwood Agency Group. And he is in the Austin area in the great state of Texas. The Uh, unchallenged best state in the entire country, perhaps, dare I say it, the world. So, Joe, thanks for joining us, man.
1: Yeah, thank you so much for having me, James. Um, Obviously, you know, I love everything that you put out there and just, you know, super humbled that you had me on here um, and super excited to just deliver some serious value to our listeners.
0: Dude, I know you will. And I'm excited because your energy leaves me in the dust. Like, I'm a fairly high energy person. But you're just on a completely different level, man. I got to be honest. I'm 37, married, two kids. And wow, like I'm just in awe sometimes. Like I feel like you're everywhere on social, which I'm sure is intentional, of Mm -hmm. course. Mm -hmm. Uh, But it was a no-brainer inviting you on. um, Just to say, hey, first off, way to go, man. Like I know you and your dad got this multi-generational thing going on. It's super cool. But uh, you used to be a captive through right, you you and your dad collectively. Mm-hmm. And then obviously you're not anymore, which we'll talk about here in this episode. But you guys are a little bit different. You've got a different vibe going. You're not just a retail agency. You've also just started your own little cluster uh, out of thin air. Like nobody helped you do it. You guys just said, hey, you know, we're going to do this thing. and And so I'd love for you to just... For those of you that aren't familiar with Joe, uh, I'd love for Joe for you to just share kind of your, you know, two, three minute background of, of where you uh, where you are now and kind of how you got to this point. And then we'll just organically see what happens. I don't have any questions planned. Um, <laughs> I got a lot of positive feedback uh, from Jerry Conry. Uh, everybody basically one. said... The, the freewheeling style is more enjoyable, the whole can questions thing. So let me just tell you folks listening to this, Joe has no idea the questions uh, that are going to come to him. I haven't prepped him with anything. So uh, yeah, here we go.
1: Yep, uh, Joe, you, why don't you get,
0: uh, t- kick us off, man?
1: Yeah. So um, quick little backstory. So I was born in Austin, Texas. Um lived here for what, probably five years um, to where then our family relocated up to um, northern India. Well, I guess central Indiana. Um, We were just north of Indianapolis in a small town called Noblesville, Indiana. Um, Was raised there, um, went to and kind of... I think a lot of people feel this is just, hey, you go to grade school, you go to high school, you know, you get your your diploma and then you go to college and you get a good degree. Um, so I went to a small private liberal arts school um, and actually I, I did that to play lacrosse. I played collegiate lacrosse. I bet you a lot of people don't know that about me. Um, it's division three. I don't say that too much, but it was a collegiate sport. Um, so played a couple years of collegiate lacrosse with my brother um, to where then had an internship in St. Louis, Missouri, as then I moved there from Indiana to St. Louis. Louis. And that's where I got my first start in insurance. So was captive there, actually started in customer service, um, was in customer service for a year and a half, then tried to be like, oh, big James Jenkins over here and went, uh, was actually a commercial specialist for like two months and then ended up switching over to help a scratch agent start up his captive agency, kind of rose through the ranks, um, met some people on a trip, And really in the, in the meantime, dad was corporate. So he was a basically, um, sales manager, whatever you want to call it, depends on captive model. um, but was basically managing agents and their contracts, production goals, yada, yada. And I've always been on the agent side. Um, he had won a trip. I met a guy plugged in with a mega agency, um, kind of rose through the ranks there. And really that was kind of my first taste of, wow, this industry can really, you can make some money in insurance. Right. And my whole passion was, I love to help people. If anybody, if you follow me anywhere, like you know that I love to lead with value and education. I love to help. I'm illegal not to have, right? And I get to make money. Oh my gosh, insurance is the best. Um, so no, that was kind absolutely of
0: absolutely the best.
1: Th- that was my upbringing. Um, but then it was ultimately, man, like why am I turning away this much business that's hitting my desk? And that's kind of what really kicked off. Um, in the meantime. Me and Pops have always, we're very family oriented. We've always wanted to do something together. Um, and, I, and I swear on this, and I'm, I'm the, probably the only person in the room that can say this, is that I actually wanted to be an insurance agent growing up. Everybody else normally just falls into it or something. Um, I wanted to be like my dad. Grown up. And he's been in insurance since the nineties. Um, again, always, he's been on the corporate side, was an agent for maybe, um, a year, year and a half, and then just went back corporate. Um, but I was the kid in second grade, wanted to be an insurance agent, just like my dad. And then fast forward 20 years later. And, and not only did I want to be in insurance, I wanted to be back in Austin, Texas. I've been diehard Austin. Sorry for y'all, but like hook them. I'm diehard UT burn orange, baby. Um, <laughs> well, Joe has been a great interview, yeah. man. I, I got to go. So I'll see you later. <laughs> James is going to edit that out. No, I. That's the other thing.
0: I should probably warn you because I haven't told you this. We don't edit anything. Anything. So you better edit yourself because we're not editing anything. Uh, It is uncut, unfiltered, baby. Uncut. Yeah. So I I always want to carry on. Sorry. Go ahead. I didn't mean to take you off your train of thought there.
1: You're you're good. So you
0: come back to Austin and then what?
1: And that's where we formed Redwood. So the whole reason that we even moved back to Texas was that we wanted to open Redwood Agency Group, which is our independent, um, in our independent agency, and we wanted to start in Austin. Um, and we wanted to do something together. It was always something that me and Dad, again, were very family family oriented. Always wanted to have a business together. And, and like you said, um, we're very we're all about legacy and multi-generational and that really all of this is not even about us, right? It's about future generations and impacting them and their lives. Um, and my, my whole goal is to really change the family tree. And I know that is with dad as well, is that we're trying to create generational wealth um, to where then, again, we can impact our future generations. And, you know, Redwood, 100 years from now, it's one of our MOs. 100 years from now, Redwood will still be here. We will still be impacting people's lives, whether that's our clients' lives or whether that's our agents' lives, right? So obviously, we've got the retail thing. And then we're, I don't call ourselves cluster cluster aggregator. We're a group. <laughs> uh, I try to separate ourselves. Um, and then that's really where Redwood came to fruition, man. Um, and that's, we, we started Scratch. So just literally, I remember we got our first direct appointment and was just like, what do we do? And it's like, all right, I guess we just like start this thing. And then that's literally the rest is history. Um, we're three and a half years in, wouldn't change a thing. Um, it's been an amazing ride and I can't, I honestly, I can't wait, um, for the next, really the next 10, 20, 30 years, um, when this thing is still growing and doing its thing. So it's, it's been an awesome ride.
0: Well, I mean, as young as you are, man, you could be doing it 50 years from now. So, Mm -hmm. I mean, it you easier to listen on the podcast and not on our YouTube channel, where the video feed for this interview is recorded. I mean, I, Joe, how old are you? I don't even know. I've never asked you that. I don't know.
1: I just turned 27 on June 21st. So, and I've been yeah. in um, the week before that was my seven-year anniversary. So, I got in when I was 19, turning 20, um, dropped out of college, and then I've been in for seven years now
0: dude we should all be so fortunate I, obviously i'm not one to knock anybody for anything you do you man but getting started that early what a blessing man holy mm-hmm. cow like yep. i i didn't find the insurance industry the first time until i was 29 almost 30. Mm-hmm. so yeah i mean if i could cut a decade <laughs> off of the wandering around in the wasteland of commercial america uh, corporate America, I should say. Man, good for you, dude. I know your dad had a lot to do with that. Um, we'll get into that here in, in a couple of minutes. I gotta ask you first off: What is the deal with Redwood? That's like a California thing. You're Texas and Indiana, so what's the inspiration for calling your group Redwood?
1: So <laughs> it's really funny you say that, and it's actually my dad's. Uh, it's his desktop background. So we were trying to figure out what the, to, to call us. Um, and then actually the first one we were going to do, we were going to be, and this was like our dreams, right? We were trying to just whiteboard session out, like, what are we actually going to call this thing? And we were going to be like all pro insurance. And we were going to like focus on like athletes and stuff because it's just obviously sports and it, it's just big here in Texas. And so we were going to be all pro insurance or then we were thinking, well, maybe we'll be something like where my dog, I have a great day and to where maybe Moses will be the logo and great day. I don't know how we were going to do it. And then we were just lost. Like we couldn't figure out what to call this thing. And dad was literally just online and just like saw some like pictures of redwood trees. And he's like, man, those are just freaking awesome. He's like, they're just beautiful. And they're and what they represent. And really that's kind of what we shifted it to that. It was the, the redwood is what we want for our relationship with our client, right? It's long lasting. um, It's strong. It's sturdy, right? It'll be there forever. It's like that hundred year motto. Right. Um, But then, and this is the funny part, we're both tall redheads. So it worked out to where, yeah, it's like, we're not in California. It's not a California thing. It was just a beautiful picture of a tree and we're both tall redheads. (laughs) So it became Redwood Agency Group. (laughs) No, I I,
0: got to warn you, if you ever meet Joe in person, he's probably a lot taller than you. So uh, I don't look that many people eye to eye, but Joe and I are maybe within an inch of each other in height. And I'm 6'6". You can't tell because, you know, cyber and I'm sitting at a desk right now. But yeah, the first time I met Joe in San Diego back at IAOA innovation, uh, what was it January a year ago. A year ago? I was yeah. like, come, dude. Okay. <laughs> I had no idea you were that but tall.
1: Hey, and likewise, right? I love it. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, there's not many no, people you funny. see that, that are out there. And then dad's six, eight too. So he's taller than both of us. Yeah.
0: I'm looking up to your dad, which yep. I mean, I don't do that very often. So props to you guys. You're winning the genetic lottery. Apparently, <laughs> So, so you, you bring up your dad and I want to pivot to that because that's, I mean, your dad and I don't have any problem name dropping carriers in here. We're always, you know, just generic and neutral. Obviously I don't ever expect anybody to bash anybody. Uh, one, it's unprofessional. And two, I don't need anybody getting sued up in here. That's right. not cool. <laughs> uh, what, what was the, the situation? It, it all Allstate, right? Is that, right. that's where your dad came from?
1: Yeah, so So he was was his
0: history before
1: corporate all state. Well, actually, he was an underwriter. So his first go at it um, for corporate was actually he was with State Farm in the 90s, um, right out of college. um, Was actually he was an underwriter for them here in Texas. So he started out in underwriting. And then ended up switching into kind of like an agency training role. And then um, he actually left insurance for a hot minute. He actually was with an energy software company, um, a a startup. And um, so he was with them for years and then ended up coming back to insurance. And that's when he went with, it was either State Farm or Allstate. Um, He ended up going corporate Allstate. And then I've always, always Hmm. um, been on the agency side. So he's always been corporate. I've been on the agent side, which is honestly looking back at it now it's perfect because I do everything he mm. hates to do and he does everything I hate to do so it's kind of the perfect yeah, it's a partnership. Great partnership man <laughs> yep it really is
0: so just so I'm clear on on all of this you guys weren't a retail all-state agent uh, mm-hmm. you went from your dad working in the operations side. And then you were doing what you did with those various other offices that you referred to. Mm -hmm. And then you just kind of put the pieces together. You and your dad joined forces Mm -hmm. and went straight scratch indie from that point. Is that right?
1: Yep. Yep. And that's, you know, I always, this is kind of like my coined phrase and I give pops all the props on this is that I, I was this close to starting my own Allstate office. Um, it's what I'd known. It's what I was really good at. I'd helped multiple scratch agencies get up off the ground. I was actually this close to going corporate too, because um, it was just, Hey, that nice safety net, the paycheck, the company car, all of that um, to where I just, I, I was this close. And I just, ultimately, I didn't know what to do. I'm like, man, I, and when I don't know what to do, I go to my role model, to my mentor, to my best friend and my father, and was like, dude, what should I do? Um, And this is like, we're trying to figure out whether we should do this thing. Should we be together? And should we be independent? Should we be captive? What is this? And he's like, man, the Bill Gates of this world were not made in their comfort zones, right? And so I live by that to this day is that you just got to get comfortable in the uncomfortable and in the unknown, right? And so that's really kind of what spurred it on is like, you know what? we don't know what we're doing, but we're going to trust in the fact that we'll figure it out and we're going to do it together. Um, And that's really kind of what spurred it on to where, again, we just started Scratch. We were dead broke too, man. I mean, we literally, I cold called for like probably almost two years straight um, to where that was how we started. And so we got fortunate enough, we opened in eight states. Um, We actually didn't even start writing business in Texas because we had no idea what we were doing and we had no training or anything. It was more of just like, Hey, okay, we got the direct appointments. Good luck. You know, and I was just like, okay, like, you know, and that's, I always, you know, kind of credit my captive upbringing is that they do a really good job of making you good at selling their product. Right. But you kind of have those captive blinders on that. You just don't know what you don't know. And so it was always bleed blue. Um, and then when we started scratch, it was like, good luck. Right. There is no all state university or anything like that to put you through. And so we just kind of had to figure it out ourselves um, and just get in the systems, you know, go through obviously all the policy forms, all the main, anything that we could to really figure it out. And then we just cold called, man. I'm talking when I was like, it wasn't even like age data. It was literally like phone numbers. It was phone numbers and a name, right? And we were just calling all out on the East Coast is where we started. Um, Just calling out there and really just trying to get business that way. And we were we were able to every month. I'll tell you it was a challenge. It really was. Um, but it was just, Hey, you just got to keep that one more call, right. That one more sale, that one more, whatever it was. Um, and that's, you know what, everything was provided like to where we could keep our doors open, but it, it would be, there was some months where it's like, Joe, you better sell this policy, man. Otherwise like people ain't getting paid, man. <laughs> so it was, it was yeah. a rough start, but I, I wouldn't change it for a thing. You know, I think it, you know, that, that experience is so invaluable to come from that, um, to know what it's like, um, to where now it really just makes you super humble that I'm in the position that we are in now. Um, to lo- look back on that, that it wasn't even, I mean, we've been open three and a half years. That was not even two years ago, you know, that we were still just pounding the phones, hundred calls a day, two hours talk time or three policies sold had to be done every single day. And that's what we just did day in, day out, man, for hours and hours and hours.
0: No, there is no replacement for sweat equity, for mm-hmm. just for putting in the hours and eating your fears, as they say. Uh man, I love hearing the, the positive side of the captive world because we're totally realistic at, at Agency Freedom Podcast. There are definitely pros and cons to every flavor of the insurance industry. Yep. I don't think there's any arguing with the fact that – I shouldn't say it's a fact – I have a very strongly held opinion, which there's a lot of data to back it up, that the captive world is the minor leagues uh, in the insurance industry. You're not a a legitimate professional uh, until you're fully independent, just because the knowledge of the forms, how to work with underwriters and more complex, more sophisticated challenges. uh, There's a lot of, of cons to the captive business model, but one of the big pros is, man, they know how to do training. They Mm -hmm. have got the onboarding figured out to AT. And I mean, every single one of the major captive carriers, they all do it really well. I mean, pick your flavor. Name a major captive carrier. They're probably great at training and development. If you're someone that knows nothing about the insurance world, you're probably not a good fit for launching an independent agency it's a bad idea in my opinion simply because the learning curve as you said joe is so high and in the independent world unless you are fortunate enough to have some kind of structural support with a very clearly defined training and onboarding program man it is really hard Mm -hmm. to figure out the independent agency game because you're not just figuring out how to be independent you're also figuring out Insurance, like this is a deductible. <laughs> right? This is uninsured motorist. Right. This is what coinsurance looks like. And oh, by the way, here's special form cause of loss. And what's the difference between basic, broad, and special? At the same time, you're trying to sell a policy and yep. run a business. Mm-hmm. In my opinion, I'm not going to say it's impossible because I'm sure there's people out there that have done it with a lot of success. But man, I don't it's know tough. if there's a harder road to take. hmm so I, it's it's really cool to hear that you went straight to the independent agency owner side. Like you never owned a captive agency. Your dad never owned a captive agency. You were a team member, obviously. Yep. Um, so talk to me just a little bit about uh, the relationship with you and your dad. Like what's it like working together? And then I want to come back to the whole like freedom jump thing and talk about your launch and what it looks like uh, for you and your dad, and your team, because you've got several people that are on your in-house team, not just Correct. your uh, your group and agency mm-hmm. owners that you work with. Uh, talk about your dad first, and then we'll hit the, uh, the Freedom Jump question second.
1: Yeah, so um, gosh, where do I start? So really, it's been like our whole lives, um, to where I think our personalities are similar in a way, yet so different to where we complement each other very well, to where the differences in our um, in our relationship or in our um, um, personalities, don't make us butt heads. I, I literally can count, really, I, it, two fingers, the amount of times that me and Dad have actually ever had like a true like argument or a fight or whatever you want to call it in the office. Um, it, it really has been. And I think, honestly, this maybe is the way that I was raised, but at the end of the day, um, none of this would have been even possible without him, right? And so just having that, not only the respect of like, that's, that's my father, right? And I think some people struggle with that and that, that aspect of family business is why, honestly, a lot of family businesses crumble because it is, it is tough to mix the two but at the end of the day, Hey, he's the agent principal. He is. And without him, we wouldn't have been able to get our direct appointments. But then at the same time, he's my father. Right. And I'm a big believer. Like you have to respect your elders, not only your elders, but your parents. Right. And that was just the way I was raised, um, to where I think just always having that, that, I can have my differences and I can have my opinions, but ultimately knowing that, you know what, the final call is his to where, but then that's where I think we work very well is that he has kind of seen me kind of grow into myself to where he lets me make some of those decisions. But at the end of the day, I always know that, Hey, what he says goes not only because he's the agent principal, but at the same time, like, I respect my father in that way. And I I think that's hard to do with business, right? Because there's, where's the line that you draw? What is business and what's family, right? What's just like us butting heads as father and son because we see something differently versus making a, a true business decision. And again, I think that's where a lot of people struggle, but that was something that, Really talking about foundation, that is what we ironed that out before we even got this going. And we made that very clear. And I mean, just setting that expectation of like, you know what, my time will come. And I know that, right, because of the relationship I have with my father. I know everything that he's doing. He's doing it for me and for my his granddaughter, my daughter, right? And for his future granddaughter that's doing November and all this and just having having those very clear set, I would almost call them guidelines because there need to be guidelines. It's going to be tough, especially when you're mixing family and business. And I think just right out the gate before we even got anything going at the end of the day, Hey, this is his right now. And I think we're both at the understanding of that, that, Hey, you know what? I'll put in time. I'll put in the work, right? He's got how many years on me? (laughs) He's put in plenty, plenty more years than I have, um, in trying to build, you know, what, Today is now Redwood, which we never thought it was going to be a thing. Um, But I think that's, you know, really kind of how our relationship works is it's a respect thing. And it needs to be. Um, You know, I'm his son, right? I wouldn't be – I literally physically wouldn't be here without him. And at the same – like, he raised me. And he, you know, provided for me and for our family. And just taking that into any time I speak to – even just, like, the tone that you speak to each other, right? I mean, we just – and we've really – Business has made us so much closer and it's been amazing. And and again, I think that can go both ways with family businesses. It can either break you apart or it can bring you together. And for us, our our relationship has never been better. And I only foresee it getting stronger and stronger and stronger as we grow this thing together. And I I really wouldn't do it any other way. Um, And I actually, I got into a, a Facebook comment battle I don't know about just partners having partners in business right and so I think there was a lot of points made but I I, seriously even if I could have done it on my own I would have not Um, you know he's my role model he's my mentor he's and like I said he's my best friend and a lot of people don't say that about their father um, but I I truly believe that because of the relationship that we have and it's been amazing I I seriously wouldn't change a thing Um, and I know he feels the same.
0: Hey Freedom Jumper. Are you looking to take your business to the next level? Who isn't, right? Write more business and see your agency succeed with NBS, a nationwide brokerage solutions. They understand the challenges local agents face in the constantly changing marketplace. That's why they offer a wide array of personal and commercial markets and policy options to help you meet the needs of your customers, no matter how unique or outlandish they may be. With a team of experienced and dedicated professionals that provide you with the support and guidance you need to see your agency succeed, Nationwide Brokerage Solutions is here to support you every step of the way. Don't just survive in the competitive insurance industry. Thrive with Nationwide Brokerage Solutions. Get started today. Learn more at nbsbrokerage.com. Man, I don't mind saying it. I I see what you guys have accomplished together, and uh, there is definitely uh, a little bit of hopefulness there because, I mean, a lot of people have very, very different opinions, but, I mean, this is a generational play for me too. Uh, I mean, Riskwell is barely two years old. Uh, My son is four. My daughter will be two on August 1st. So if I had the opportunity to make this a generational thing where one or both of them likes what they see, likes the the lifestyle that dad has when they're old enough to understand what all of that is, when they're trying to figure out what they want to do with their life. Uh, if I had the opportunity, absolutely. I, I would love for it to be a, hey, son, hey, daughter, hey, both of you. Why don't you guys uh, come intern at the office for the summer and see if you like it? Uh, even though I wouldn't even put it that way because I made a commitment that I was never going to bring it up. Um, yeah. if, if it's brought up, it's going to be Charlie. It's going to yeah. be Emmy that says, hey, Dad, um, I had an idea. I think I should come work at the office. Like was, I'm never going to bring it up because then it's Dad's idea. Yeah. Uh, I, and I made that commitment to Alice and my wife. Awesome. Uh, of Yeah, if they bring it up, Game on. I'm glad you brought it up (laughs) because now we can have that conversation. I've been waiting
1: years for this.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I I kid you not. Like I will not bring it up as, hey, just floating the idea. Maybe you should consider this. No, not one word because the second you bring it up, then now it's dad's idea. Mm -hmm. And I'm not going to do it. Mm -hmm. I will not do it. Uh, But if there's an opportunity to have something similar to what you and your dad have, Where, I mean, my gosh, getting to share all of those wins together and Mm -hmm. getting to build something together. Man, that is just cool. I mean, you you want to talk, we talked last episode. uh, It it hasn't aired yet, but spoiler alert. was talking to Cass uh, and that episode drops right before yours. But we were talking about at what point is it enough? Because we all, not all of us, but most of us talk about some form of, I'm building an empire or whatever. Like, yeah, okay, you can build an empire if you work hard enough and you're willing to sacrifice enough other things. But The question really comes down to, what are you really trying to do here? What is the goal? How much is enough? And at what point are you done sacrificing other things at the altar of work success? Yeah. Because we're really about quality of life. Mm-hmm. we're about making money and enjoying life and having you know satisfaction and doing work that makes a difference in someone's life which obviously although the, those things are important but at a certain point you really have to stop and go hey other things are very important too yeah. and some things are more important than work you know faith and family obviously are the the the, the two that i think and uh, i think you and i are on a similar wavelength yeah. there mm-hmm. but it's really cool to see what you've accomplished uh, with your dad. I wanted to pivot for just a second and talk about the transition uh, out of a corporate America job and out of you being a, uh, a leveled up team member at someone else's office. What did it look like uh, where you obviously had a, had a book of business, you had uh, stability, you had a lot of success at previous team member jobs. At what point was it where you, and I don't I don't have to ask, you know, speak for your dad here. At what point did he go, you know what? I think it's time. We need to do this thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, what did that look like? What kind of decision uh, metrics? What were you guys crunching on to help you decide?
1: Oh, uh, you're going to, yeah, you're, it's you're, time. You're, you're going to love this. Cause my dad, my dad actually just gave the message at our church this past um, Sunday. And he actually talked about what was his final, like, okay, this is what I'm supposed to do. For me, it was, Really, I was in that captive model. Um, And again, I was in a a mega agency, so we were writing tons of business. And for me, it was more, my kind of turning point was like, how do I have one of the highest close ratios at 30%? Right. I'm like, why, why? And it's like, and especially with Allstate, there was a lot of guidelines to where it's like, they could be the perfect customer, but man, if they had one day breaking coverage, I can't touch them for 12 months, even though they'd had continuous coverage for like 25 years. Right. So there was a lot of stipulations that come in with that. And for me, I'm sitting here thinking. Okay. So that means I'm turning away. So I'm at like a 30, 35% close rate, which was, it was good. Like I was, I was making, I was making the most money I ever made more money than I ever thought I could make in insurance just based off of where I had come from. Whereas like six days a week, pennies on the dollar, no vacation, all this right to where now I'm like, Oh my gosh, I'm making like 10 grand a month over here as a producer. And, but to me, I was like, what if I had one more? what if I, what if I had even just one more, what would that do to my close rate? Right. And then to my revenue. Right. And, and then it was like, okay, so, but then if I had one, two, three, four, and so that was kind of the trigger for me. And, and that's what, when, when I was doing that pops was literally, he was like, man, just trying to struggle with, cause he was, I mean, corporate, um, corporate all state. I mean, he was making six figures, company car, company phone. I mean, he's got the 401 you know, whatever it is. I mean, he was living great. They were out of debt. I mean, all of these things to where he was, that was his retirement. Right. And so it's like, this guy is literally about to start a scratch agent. And so he started like right when he was turning 50. Right. So or like, he was 50 and it's like for him to, to scrap all of that, to just go to straight up scratch, like, man, I hope this thing works out. Right. And how he did that total faith uh, pool here. And he was just talking about it. He hears me talking about it too, down the hall. Um, so he was, him and mom had gone to Arizona and so they were just doing a getaway. He's trying to figure out, man, do we launch this thing? What are we doing? And in the meantime, he had been coming to Texas for the past two years to get in, into the IIAT conventions, to get in front of these reps, the carrier reps, because we wanted he, we were like kind of already thinking about it, but we're just like, well, we were just kind of putting it off and we didn't really know what we didn't know, right? So he had been coming for almost two years to these Texas conventions to get in front of these reps saying, hey, we're potentially looking at doing something. And then the next year was like, Hey, like we're, we're really thinking we're going to do something. Like, are we, are you guys still going to give us these appointments? Here's our business plan, all this, right? Like, so we had everything pretty much worked up, but it was just like, should we do it? Right. And so he was in Arizona just on a getaway with my mom and he was just super struggling. He's like, God, just show me, just give me a sign like that. This, like, I need you to show me that this is what I'm supposed to do. Right. So he's in a pool in Arizona and apparently he was like, all right. Here's my sign. He's like, if the plane flies from the left to the right, then that means it's the right decision. (laughs) And if it flies from the right to the left, then that means it's the wrong decision.
0: Oh, come on. As soon as he
1: says, I swear about life. And it's true. It really is true to where then as soon as he said that, he's like, God, show me that sign. Literally two planes in a row. Flying from the left to the right, and that was he goes. Amy, he's like, we're we're doing it, and she's like, what? what we're happened? doing this thing. The plane he, flew to he, the right, yeah, and he was like, I don't suggest anybody's launching a scratch business doing that. But he and she's like, so what he happened? literally
0: was a heads or tails. Yes, I mean, just let me get my quarter out of my pocket. Yep. Am I launching a scratch agency? <laughs> Is it left heads? Yep. Is it right tails?
1: Yep, <laughs> yep, and then two planes from the That's left insane, to the right. Bro. And my mom was like, oh. Okay. All right. Looks like we're doing this thing, and that's literally we we started. Um, that was when I think. What did we get our first contract? I think was um, April April of 2000. And, was that 18? Yep. April of 2018 was when we got uh, Safeco was our yeah. first. Yep. And that's. When I was I wondering
0: which one was your first because I know you're a big fan of Progressive. Yeah. You guys write a lot of. They were actually
1: probably our our longest. Uh, because of that platinum appointment and all that, we had to hop through a lot of hoops to get the ASI and all that. They were probably took the longest to actually get the appointment. We we got it for sure, but yeah, Safeco mm-hmm. was our first. Have a lot of loyalty to them um, because they they were the first ones to take a chance on us, man. Um, Makes sense. Yeah.
0: You you know I'm a huge fan of of being in a niche, especially being as Charles Specht calls it a micro niche, mm-hmm. uh, and I'm working on like. Slicing things out and moving them off and and focusing even more on certain things. So, I have to ask I know you were on production for the longest time and you moved away from production. Now you're in sales management in your current role, but you used to be with Allstate. And I know Allstate's not a fan of trucking or -hmm. transportation. So, tell me about that niche selection. What was it that drove you, pun intended, (laughs) Mm haha? So, (laughs) I haven't used those buttons in a while, so I couldn't resist. I'm sorry. Yes! What was it that drove you to select trucking and transportation as a niche as you guys are getting this Redwood thing off the ground? Because a lot of people are sitting there in the captive world or they're generalists on the IA side, and they're going... I hear it time and time again. Everybody's talking about have a niche, have a niche, have a niche. How in the world do you select your niche? We are going to have a a Solution Spotlight episode on that topic within the the next couple of weeks. But I'd love to hear your take. Why trucking and how did you get to that point? And then how did you get good at it? Like you don't have any background in trucking. Hmm. I'd love to hear that story.
1: So really it kind of even – started with all state and then even prolonged to the independent side of just doing personal lines. Um, you know, I can do personal lines with my eyes closed. It was super easy, but that was normally that, that was all I could do for years with all state. Right. And then again, I, you just don't know what you don't know. Coming over to the independent side. Now I have all these options, blah, 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 and I, but I don't know how to do any of them. So I just, whatever, I'm just going to stick to what I know and I'm not going to, you know, waste time on something that I, and it, it really, what it was, was burnout. I was getting burnt out from just doing the same auto and home or the auto renter, whatever it was, the umbrellas, the condos, whatever it was, I'd just been doing it for at that point in time, really before I really um, started specializing in trucking, it'd been like over five years of just the grind of just doing the auto and home. And it's such a, I mean, and you know, honestly, that's why you don't necessarily aren't a huge fan of personal lines is because there's just, it's like every single day, man, there's something there's just all the service and, and not to, I love personal lines. I think it's something that you should be doing and you should have in your agency, but I'm also about not having all your eggs in one basket. So, but what really caused it was I was just burnt out. And for what, whatever reason, um, had a friend reach out to me. She was a, she worked for a dispatching company and had a good friend of hers who was starting his trucking business. She said, Hey, I see that you're independent now. Can you do trucking? And I was like, uh, I, I don't know, but I can find and out, and you know, so it begins. and so, it, and so I went and then what do you know, progressive can do it. And then it turns out we were with, um, um SIM Texas uh, specialty insurance managers of Texas at the time. They were our first MGA. Again, we didn't know what MGAs were or whatever. Um, I just knew the CEO and he gave us access to the whatever, and they had some trucking markets. But I think this is where you know I'm a lot different than people, and I, I hope people hear me when I say this. Trucking is amazing premiums, very extremely high premiums know what you're doing before you get into it. And for me, because I was so burnt out, it was refreshing to go and learn something new. So I just went to FMCSA. I found a bunch of trucking groups on Facebook. Obviously you guys know I'm all over Facebook and just educated myself as much as possible on how, like what all is needed. Like right? what, what do you guys need to even get started with Amazon? Or what is if it's if you're going Amazon over here, like but if it's Amazon relay and you need the any NE auto coverage or that those different types of symbols and and so really it was, it was a refresher. It was something new um, to where then in turn, because I had gone out and started joining all these trucking groups to learn, I then became a person of interest within the actual trucking groups. Um, and that's when it really started to take off as, Hey, now I know what I'm doing. I know what I'm talking about. So please, anybody that's listening to this, especially if you're looking at getting into transportation, and I, I promise you probably half the people that are PNC that are listening to this are probably looking at doing it. But a lot of it comes from the wrong reasons. They're chasing the premium when, in fact, they have no idea what they're doing. They don't know what a filing is, whether, and, and oh, hey, it's in Pennsylvania. So they have, yes, they need a state cargo filing, but then they also have a puck number on top of their MC number and all, the, all these different things that go into that. Even how to go to Safer and check what they're authorized to haul, like they're telling you they do general freight, and then you go to FMCSA Safer website, you plug in their DOT number, turns out they're hauling automobiles little bit different of a classification from hauling straws to vehicles, right? So, all of these different nuances. See, I, that-
0: I just love, I love <laughs> you just dropping all of these gold nuggets for anyone who's interested in trucking and transportation. And I don't mind saying it; I don't have a clue about anything that you just talked about. <laughs> like that is the beautiful thing about this industry is you and I can both be equally and and you know, phenomenally successful in completely different ways. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I'm not at all threatened by your success. I know you feel the same way. It's just such a great reminder hearing you talk. I'm like, I don't have a clue what any of that stuff is. <laughs> I've never right. wrote a trucking policy in my life. I probably never will. That is definitely not my thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, but hey, more power to you, man. I love it. It's what what I just have to reinforce from what Joe just said. For you guys listening, please. He didn't jump into it for the money. He jumped into it because someone asked, hey, can you help me with this? And he did a little bit of background and realized, yeah, I probably can. Let me figure out how to do this correctly. And Mm -hmm. then he put the time and energy into studying and becoming a legitimate, uh, not expert at that point, but a legitimate professional first. Uh, Proficiency And then expertise. You have to become proficient before you can become an expert in something. The only way you're going to get that is reps. The only way you're going to become a home run hitter is reps at the plate. you got to have those at-bats. But that being said, how many times are you swinging the bat in the batting cages before you step up to the plate? Because let me tell you, if you step up to a major league fastball and you haven't spent thousands of reps in the batting cages, you're going to make – to be looked pretty foolish. Yeah. And, and I, our I, I, version of foolish in, in our industry is that wonderful little acronym, ENO. And I, I will never forget when I was in those CIC classes, this grizzled, goofy old white dude with like wiry hair and looked like he was a caricature of himself. He said, <laughs> Well, you know, those ENOs are just excitement and opportunity for those attorneys. Ever since then, I'm like, ENO stands for excitement and opportunity. For an attorney who's gonna sue the crap out of you because you stepped outside of your box and you're like, Oh, I like the premium. I'm gonna write me a trucking policy. That's right. fifty grand. I slap a fee on there, I make six or seven thousand dollars on that account. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you could also lose your lunch, get a slap on your wrist for EO, and make it very difficult for yourself to get other appointments for the next five years. Yep. So yep.
1: and I think Yeah. It's the well, understanding. I'm gonna my soapbox
0: now, and that's no, no. You're, but
1: you're 100% right because the E and O is the back end. You have to yeah. understand that these are people's businesses, right? Like these truckers, and I'm, I'm trying to change this within the transportation market. Is that start with insurance, like because they're going and they're buying the trucks, they're going and setting all these things up, and you know, like going to hire drivers, and then insurance is the last bit of it. And what's happening is that these people are getting in and they're writing the incorrect policies that then, oh, what do you know, then it um, you know, removes their, or suspends their authority or they get it out of service or something like that to where then you're literally ruining these people's chances at at not only just at creating their business or starting their business, or maybe they're already established, but it's like it's their business, right? Like it's not just about me. And it's like if you go in not knowing what you're doing and then you cause somebody to lose thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars, just because you clicked the wrong button or maybe you didn't click the button right that you needed to, to add whatever it is. I mean, there's so many things that go into it and I always just approach it with like, man, this is their livelihood, man. Like, I don't want to be the cause of them like not, you know, living this out or chasing because it's their dream, right? That's what they're doing. And same thing we're doing with insurance. They're doing with trucking. It's a very, I mean, they make a lot of money over there. They really do. And it's like insurance is like the very necessary piece of it. And if you mess that up, you can tank their entire operation to where they're losing loads. They're not making money. Then their drivers can't provide for their families or they can't, pay their drivers and then they've got to fire drivers I mean it's like the whole snowball effect which then ultimately results in excitement and opportunity for freaking attorneys and lawyers right because then it's my fault I'm the one that caused that entire disruption so I I love that you said that too because I approach all of that especially the business insurance is like this is their business man like if somebody were to do that to Redwood to just royally like screw me over just because they wanted my policy like you best yeah I'd be hitting your E&O too I probably would (laughs)
0: So, yeah. no, so, no, man, I true. really appreciate you delivering that check there. Uh, to the narrative because yeah good old james over here going straight the insurance side of things and just like oh by the way those are people like yeah. humans you know it's not right. just any no claim yeah. dirt bag oh, okay yeah sorry i didn't mean to be as like cold-blooded as i as i came across there with my commentary yes of course the client is also a concern yes. and we wanted to do right by and, them and james i will test.
1: james does james does <laughs> he feels no, 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 that way you're good
0: man i just i I think it's funny like my first thing was you have no business going somewhere you don't understand you're going to step all up in it and cause a lot of problems for yourself and the industry as, as a whole and joe's like yeah oh by the way the client the client's impacted <laughs> too so yeah i'll uh, point taken yes yeah. i will uh, uh you know revisit my order of operations inside of my brain so you can tell I spent a lot of time talking to agents yes. and people in the industry. That that's the first place I go. So, <laughs> man. Okay. So, so talk for a second. You guys made the decision. You go, okay, we're gonna do this freedom jump thing, we're gonna launch a scratch independent agency. What does it look like? You said, for instance, you got an MGA contract with Sim Texas. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know uh, Ricochet 360 is a platform that's not very well known by a lot of people. They're not super mm-hmm. popular, but I know you're a big evangelist for them.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, one of the things we talk a lot about in, in this podcast is how to put the pieces together to get off the ground because there's basically three stages of all of this, or really, I guess, four, there's the pre-jump, the, you know, maybe I want to do something else. Maybe I want to leave the captive world. Maybe I want to stop being a team member and start being an agency principal. Stage one. Stage two is the actual jump itself, you know, selling your agency or doing the scratch thing, like leaving your position as a team member and actually like filing the LLC paperwork and all those nuts and bolts or whatever. And then I think maybe the third one is possibly the hardest one where you've already made the decision. Yes, I'm going to do this freedom jump thing. I'm going to launch an agency. Some people are at that point where they're trying to figure out all the pieces at the very beginning. Some people are one, two, three, four years in and they just started selling insurance and they really haven't put the pieces together. They're still just back of a napkin over here. Uh, so it, it's not necessarily someone who's brand new scratch. It could just as easily be someone listening to this podcast who has been doing the independent game for a while, but hasn't been doing it in the best possible way yeah. where they necessarily don't have their tech stack all ironed out. They don't necessarily have systems, processes, and you know workflows and charts and, and structure everywhere. Yeah. You guys literally built that from zero. You're not a part of a cluster. You're not a part of anything other than you and your dad and the people that have come alongside you after you launched. I'd love for just a few minutes of of you dialoguing on that, of what it looks like to put the pieces together to do this thing.
1: Yeah, so I think, you know... Well, despite, despite, we didn't start the day after pop saw the airplane guys, we did actually have a plan (laughs) just so, just to make that clear. It wasn't just a, Oh, we saw an airplane. Let's start this thing. Um, you know, so for us, it was obviously, it was our business plan. Um, and when I say business plan, like we had this, it, it was like a 25 to 30 page business plan of everything that Redwood was going to be with projections, with goals, with, I mean, all of these things that we had built out of, of what Redwood, what we wanted it to be on, on paper. Right, But then it was like, okay, so just because it's on paper, we then, and this is something that we we do a lot of presentations on this. And if if you guys are going to um, 8% um, this month here in Dallas, you guys will see us present on this. But this is actually what we founded our agency on. And I have it on my desk just to remind me of where we come from. And it's called our house of dreams to where we have these kind of pillars, as you may, um, to where it's like, just the foundation of the agency and what we truly, what what is this thing? Like, what do we actually want? What is the purpose of Redwood, right? Outside of just selling insurance, like, what is this thing, right? So we created this thing called the House of Dreams. And there's, there's a lot. It's like, uh, part of it's the tribe. Like, who are you surrounding yourself with, right? That's so important that I think a lot of us kind of we, we don't think about that, um, but it's like, who are, who are you, who's in your circle, right? Who are somebody that not only you can count on, but who is going to check you when you're in the wrong, right? And that's a big thing. And me and dad, that's why I love me and dad, because we can do that. We have that mutual um, respect for each other. Um, passion, perspective, perseverance. Hey, personally, we have like a little sailboat. Um, it's like, hey, so anybody can have the biggest sail above the water, but what, what size is your keel that nobody sees, right? That's actually keeping the boat stable. Does your persona match your character that's in, right? So as... Right. So we have all these plans of growth and and that empire talk. Right. But then who are we going to be as it happens? Right. So I think that was a huge key factor for us. Again, we call it our house of dreams. Um, And then ultimately the last piece is legacy. That is something that me and dad really established, like this is not about us, right? So it's about leaving a lasting legacy for our future generations, as you know. Um, so the house of dreams was really, that That was kind of the first part, that and the business plan. So we got everything down, hey, this is what we want to do, and this is who we're going to be and surround ourselves with while we do it. So that was number one. Second thing is literally, it is, um, I guess, how we started. I don't know if I would necessarily do it in this order, but tech technology was the big thing having systems in place um, you know I can't and and honestly I I can't even say that we did this correctly but we did it I just couldn't figure it out um, when we first started with ricochet it, it was a newer system and we were actually I'm, I believe we were their first ever independent agent it was created by captive agents it was for captive agents specifically really it's just for all state agents and so we started with it because it was an all-in-one we knew it's what we wanted but then we started with it. I didn't know how to use it. I couldn't. We couldn't even like. You got to know how to make the phone work in order to be able to make the dials, right? Um, so, but just having the systems in place in order for us to actually be able to efficiently sell the insurance or do whatever, to keep our notes, making sure we're doing follow up, um, going back to Eno purposes, having call recording. So if I've got people on the phone, I want to hear what they're saying and how they're, you know, selling these um, products to these people. Are they doing it correctly? Um, so I, I really think. Your technology, which I guess you can kind of mix tech stack with systems. That was definitely the second piece for us is that you've got to have that in place because for us, I mean, we we seriously, we probably wasted two weeks to, if not two weeks to three weeks when we first launched of just really getting our tech stack and our, our systems in place. And that goes with like your agency management system. Go and do your research, right? So we just, you know, we got a referral from a guy, hey, use PL Raider and um, QQ Catalyst. So that's what we went with. We ended up not liking them. Um, So then like halfway into our start, right, we then ended up switching to EasyLinks and then using EasyLinks. And now obviously, you know, we've switched from that. Um, But just really, I guess, do your due diligence in checking out all of these systems. But for me, it was the foundation and the business plan. This is what we want to do. Here's the systems and the processes we're going to use to be able to achieve those. And this is who we're going to be while we're doing that, right? And then my my last tidbit, and I learned this the hard way, y'all. So, And it, it was really tough. I'm, I, I come from a sales mindset, right? It was always sell, 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 sell. Just because you can doesn't mean you should. And I know you and me have talked about this before, but it was yes. like... yes right I love that that's a good button Uh, but it just because you can and especially this is coming to you captives that are listening that are maybe looking at going indie you will freak out because you can pretty much write everything you can and I'll tell this story and I'll, I'll hop off my soapbox but I always say this when I first got in I was like, I'm going to write everything, man, anything and everything. I'm going to be able to place it. This is amazing. I've got, I'm going to have 50 carriers, all this. Right. And really now it's not that at all anymore. But when I first started, that was it. Right. And I'm like, I'm never going to not be able to place something. So I get a call. He's, he's a local guy. Uh, It's a Nerf gun arena. I was like, Oh man, that's a really cool risk. Never could have touched that with Allstate. but I'm like, I can write this. So I go to Sim, I go to Sim. So then Sim, actually, no, that was when I was still writing with Scottish American. Scottish American oh, then man. sends me to Mesa Underwriting, which was through, which was mus- on music paper. And then so I've got, I think it literally it took probably 30, 30 to 45 days in, in total with probably 20 pages of apps and supplementals. Twelve hundred dollars in premium. He's still now he's still <laughs> You're on the like books. Two
0: grand, fifteen hundred dollars. It was like it was yeah, twelve hundred
1: bucks in premium, and I think I got a ten percent commission on it because of how many times it was brokered out. And I'm like, I just made $120 on like almost a month and a half of work. Are you serious? <laughs> so just if just because you can oh, man. doesn't mean you should.
0: <laughs> no, and I'm not I'm not laughing at you. I'm laughing at the situation because I remember so well that my version of that story was like what right. the premium is how much <laughs> my commission how much yep oh man like just being so mad because at that point i had spent i don't know 4 or 5 hours of my time as the agency principal chasing this was back even before i was done with uh with farmers because farmers allowed you, if it was truly outside of appetite, you could use yep. an MGA uh, if you wanted to chase something that farmers didn't have any interest in writing. Uh, but I learned the hard way that there are plenty of class codes out there, <laughs> plenty of prospective clients who are calling you that you don't necessarily should or or even could work with. But uh, the now, whole- here's the
1: thing: he's still he's still on the books, right? I wrote it. So now, and hey, you probably cross-sold
0: I, everything, right?
1: Right, all of it. And, and he's, he's like, actually a really cool guy. Lines. He's he's a cool guy. He actually gives us discounted Nerf gun wars for my church for my youth. I'm very involved with the youth at the church, and awesome. so it was it was a cool relationship. But then I've got to manually renew that thing every single year. We just renewed it, and it's new like new
0: apps, new supplemental, yep, everything. And every then
1: uh, uh, Scottish American. Got rid of or they lost the mesa underwriting conch so then we had to move it to another mga but then it's like you know i have to accept that responsibility and i'm not going to do a disservice to him so it's like yeah. hey i just got to suck it up and i'll do it but i'm like okay no more nerf gun arenas <laughs>
0: <laughs> the uh van i forget exactly who it was it i don't think it was carruthers but somebody who i've heard it say in, in the last couple of years specifically for commercial, is that if someone is shopping for insurance, it's probably really important that you find out exactly why, why? they're shopping for insurance. <laughs> no one wakes up in the morning and says to themselves, hmm, I don't have anything going on today. Oh, I know. I'll go out and shop for business insurance. <laughs> like, that just doesn't happen. Right. Yep. So, like, figuring out the whole, is this the definition of adverse selection? You know, as the person who really needs insurance because they're a very high risk or they've got a terrible loss history, like they're the people that are the most eager to do business with you. So if you're not asking, and this is an aside, especially for you captive agents that have not yet encountered this, if you're considering your freedom jump, hear me, write this down, stick it somewhere where you can see it. Just because someone says, hey, can I get a quote? Does not mean you either should or even could deliver what they're asking for. So, yep, those discovery questions, man, they are mm-hmm. just critical. So, much, um, so, so critical. Man, so funny. Uh, I love what you're saying there about approaching it from the perspective of who do we want to be? What mm-hmm. is the mission? Right. What are our core values? Because I'm a firm believer that your mission and values are going to by natural selection dictate so much of what you do. And it's obvious the Ricochet thing, you were at Allstate, you were probably familiar with Ricochet Mm -hmm. from the perspective of a captive agent. So there's already a level of familiarity before we wrap up. And this has been great. We'll have you back a second time at some point, because there's several things we just don't have time for because we try to keep these under an hour. Um, You said you were with uh, two Vertifor products, QQ Catalyst for the AMS Mm -hmm. and then PL rating. I want you to talk about that for just a second because that's a great opportunity to have some meat on the bone for our listeners. What caused you to leave QQ? Because I know PL and QQ kind of work hand in glove. What was it specifically that made you unhappy with QQ that you would consider the very serious move of switching agency management systems? Question 1A and 1B I know you selected Nowcerts because obviously I was kind of involved in that yeah. to some extent mm-hmm. uh, of giving you that testimonial. But what was it about Nowcerts that made you go, yeah, you know what, I think this is the right fit for us. So take that away and then we'll wrap this thing.
1: So to, one thing that can answer 1A and 1B was price point, um, without a doubt. Um, what we were paying for QQ and for PL does not even come close to what we're paying per seat within now So scalability was definitely a big piece of that is that, Hey, if I've got, you know, if I'm paying almost a thousand bucks a month, just to have a a few people sitting in this agency management system, you know, what what else is out there? I guess it was, I guess it was kind of curiosity. Obviously had heard now coming around, but I think the other thing, you know, and this is something that we really truly believe, especially with Redwood, not only with our clients, but with our agent owners as well is that, I, I need support, man. And there, there's such a lack of support and it's so many different, I guess you could call them verticals within this industry, whether it's the actual sales part of it or it's the backend kind of admin systems, those types of things. We got zero support from PL and QQ. And then I remember, you know, I think Pops was having the conversation where he was potentially talking about leaving and then they were going to try and lock us into this contract, even though we wanted to leave. And I, And I think that was kind of the other part was timing if we were gonna pull the trigger, um, we felt as though PL and QQ was a little bit antiquated. And again, to each their own, EasyLinks user interface was way cleaner. Um, we had everything really kind of just there in like one tab versus, and, and we were just, honestly, it was a lot of issues and we just could not get any type of solution or support or training. And then as soon as they said, well, hey, even if you leave, we're still gonna be charged. I mean, that instant was like, Really, this is not somebody that I want, I, our agency doesn't want to partner with that, right? Because it's like, I mean, we're we're here for you. We're going to scale, right? Obviously, we have our goals and plans in mind and decide if I'm going to scale with you, I need you to actually care about me, right? And and it was more just out yeah. the gate. This was just like onboarding stuff, right? It wasn't like all these, hey, I need the build out and I or I want to add this, this, and this, or I want open API and I want it to integrate over here and here. It was more of just the onboarding and the support. And really the, the lack thereof is what caused us to move. And but ultimately I think it was price point for what made us go through. And I'll I'll say this too. Don't ever do a manual switch of your freaking agency management system. So when we left, we were at the Easy Links for two years and you know this, we moved to Nowserts and we're like, Oh, I think it was like seven hundred bucks or something like that to actually have them do everything. And we're like, ah, oh, we can do that. Yeah. Uh, four months later, it was finally done. Don't ever do that yourself. Uh, but ultimately it was price point. And then I love, I do love now user interface. Um, and even just having that Facebook group and the responsiveness, um, as well as having just other agents, you know, that are kind of doing the same things that we are. That was the big move for now And we've, we've been very happy with them.
0: No, I love hearing that, man. Obviously, uh, I, I personally am a huge fan of now Search for a variety of reasons, uh, not the least of which is exactly what you described. I mean, the support, the responsiveness when you need help with something and when you encounter a problem. Uh, I We have PL Raider uh, for our personal and comparative radar, Full disclosure, I don't have any problem with it. I like PL Raider compared to the other options, uh, Applied Raider, which isn't even Really, a, a full thing, and from what I've seen in my personal experience, mm-hmm. and then Easy Links just had so many questions, man. Like, mm-hmm. if you haven't yet taken a look at a PL Raider, uh, I, some people are on Turbo Raider. I don't have yeah, any experience on, we're with on, Turbo Raider. We're on Turbo Raider. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't have any experience with them. I know their carrier mix wasn't exactly what we needed, um, so we we went to PL just because they had all the carriers we need. Yeah. Um, so. As an aside, I don't have a problem with Vertifor or applied on one of those ancillary elements in the tech stack, Mm -hmm. but just as a matter of business philosophy, I'm not going to work with some monolith on a a core piece of our tech stack, the AMS, the intranet, the uh, the CRM. Uh, I'm not going to work with a company that I can't talk to someone for service, for support fast and easy Mm -hmm. and I mean there's nothing wrong with working with a really big company if you're with one of those companies QQ, AMS, 360, Epic, whatever I mean they do a good job they I mean Epic is like 90 out of the top 100 uh, brokers or retail brokers in the country are on on Epic and Mm -hmm. that's not an accident Uh, they're on there for a reason but until you and I are, you know, <laughs> mi- millions and millions and millions of annual revenue, uh, probably not going to be moving to Epic anytime soon. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So this is, this is where uh, our friends, uh, uh, Brad Rosenkield and um, Gurley. I'm freaking crap, man. What is Gurley's first Josh? name? I'm blunt. Josh. Golly. <laughs> I'm like, Gurley, Georgia. What's his name? God, throw something at me, dude. I can't believe I blanked on his name for a second. But Josh and Brad are evangelists for Epic. I know they're a big fan of that platform. Mm-hmm. I just know that for me and for most of the people listening, you know, those AMS 360 and Epic, you just don't have any reason to be on those platforms until you get a lot bigger than you probably are right now. And then there's yep. other ancillary things that make them a good idea to consider like you know, fully built out accounting modules and some other things right. that the agent, like what you and I do just, it's not relevant. Um, so I know we didn't really get a chance to talk much about, uh, what you're doing with, uh, inviting other people to join your team at Redwood, your, yep. uh, agent owner program. Uh, if anybody wants to talk with you about that, uh, I'll drop your, um, your contact info in our episode awesome. notes uh so anything else you want to wrap up on man Any, uh, where can they find you at where do you want them to follow you i know you're building your youtube channel right
1: yeah so um you can go find me it's it's actually so youtube is going to be through redwood agency group so you got to just google us you'll find us um obviously i'm very big on facebook so you can find me joe frazier campert um, very very active um and, and really i just especially for any captives, or, or maybe even other independents, right, that are potentially maybe looking at making a lateral move, or man, I'm struggling with this, this or this. You know, for me, I'm, I'm a big believer in lead with value and education. And I'm always, always happy to have the conversation with you. So like, do not hesitate to reach out. Um, whether you're a captive looking to start, you know, as a, as a new independent agent, yeah, hey, I have a solution for that. But that doesn't, I'm not always just going to sit here and pitch you, hey, Redwood, 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 like, I'm going to give you options and i'm going to say hey look these are all these like and i think it's just i call them captive blinders right to where it's like you just don't know what you don't know but don't ever hesitate to reach out whether you're captive looking to come indie or hey man i just want to kind of pick your brain on how you set this up i don't even have any interest in joining redwood or vice versa right so just always hit me up Um, you can either slide into my dms i will message you back just don't spam me. Um, but then, yeah, you can find me there. And then uh, my other big one is obviously my my Facebook group. The Insurance Syndicate um, is kind of my calling it my conglomerate or my just my group of insurance agents. So you can definitely find me there. I'm very active in that group. Um, and so, yeah, would love to connect with y'all. Don't ever hesitate to reach out.
0: Awesome. Dude, I really appreciate you making time for us. As always, um, it, it's it's great to talk with someone like yourself that seems to have Uh, At least a few things pretty well figured out. So um, I I will share your basic contact info on our episode notes and recap. Anybody that wants to reach out to Joe Campert with the Redwood Agency Group in Austin, Texas. That's about it, man. We ran a little long today, which I guess is not surprising given that Joe (laughs) and I are professional talkers. Uh, But that's it. So thanks, folks, for being here with us. Uh, As always, the three requests, subscribe, leave a review, and invite someone, uh, share this podcast with someone in the captive world who needs to hear what we are talking about. So that's it for this episode of the Agency Freedom Podcast. I'm your host, James Jenkins. Make it a great day, boys and girls. We will talk to you soon. Take care.